Seven Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon Seven Studios. So I'm not really great at making prognostications. This show isn't built on, on me doing prognostications. I've been asked at times to do point spread gambling and do a, a segment. I used to do the top five dead or alive. I still do that every once in a while. It's kind of my power rankings. I'm not Mel Kuyper bad at, at predicting games and outcomes. But I'm not great at it. That's That's not what I do. I'm I'm more of a pot shot bloviator than than actually someone that that can break down and say that hey you know the the Bills are going to cover the spread against the Chiefs this weekend that's 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 not what I do. That said, I think that there's a very high probability that Tyson Fury. So this is so this is Friday on the Lance Day Radio Network. I am using the moniker. So you're listening to the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence. I'm doing a sports segment. I have a lot of nicknames. So we're talking sports. I think it's very likely that Tyson Fury is going to knock Deontay Wilder out real early. I think that Tyson Fury might knock him out in the second or third round. He's going to get knocked the f*** out. Last time, so if you if you watch the first two Fury, and I'm a, I'm a big boxing fan. I I would talk much more boxing on the show if we were in a space where there'd been a lot of relevance fights. I've been demoted to covering UFC, you know, talking, and then you're talking about Logan Paul and Jake Paul or whoever they're fighting in the fixed fights, whatever tomato cans they're going up against. I'm not a big UFC fan. I still think that UFC the the UFC is very Cro Magnon. It's very prehistoric. It's it's very protozoan. And at its core, UFC is two men standing upright and ultimately getting in some type of grappling position and humping around the octagon. That's just not this is not good TV for me. You may like it. You have great fighters in UFC. Even going back to the Chuck Liddell days and the and the and the Spider Silva days. And then, of course, Conor McGregor, who, after getting his nine-figure check from letting Floyd Mayweather beat the brakes off of him, has never really been the same. I wouldn't be the same either. Most of you would not get up at 4 a.m. and train if you had $100 million in the bank. I know that I sure as heck wouldn't. If you gave me a couple hundred grr, I probably wouldn't do this show for at least six months. So it's hard to it's hard to 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 take that whole position of I come from the gutter, I'm an underdog. When you're filthy rotten rich AF. But the sweet science has, has always been um the sweet science has always been near and dear to my heart. I grew up spending a lot of time with my father as a as a very young child watching Tyson fights. And the Mike Tyson fights in the 80s, if if you grew up in the 80s. And you had a chance to see the Mike Tyson fights. See him fight Trevor Burbick. 
see him fight Michael Spinks, see him fight Michael Dokes, see him fight Larry Holmes. The way that he cleaned up the heavyweight division in such a very short period of time, only at the age of 19, 20, he was a young, young man. You think of Mike Tyson's punch out, how that was the preeminent video game of the 80s. I could never get past Super Macho Man. I always had, or Mike Tyson punch out, I had to take the code. I could beat Tyson. Because Tyson comes out and he throws uppercuts for the first minute and a half. And if you're able to get past that, which is kind of realistic, it's kind of a prelude to real life. Because you can get past the uppercut barrage from, from Mike Tyson in the first round, you have a chance to fight him and beat him. Most people couldn't get past the uppercut garage. But I could never beat Super Macho Man in that in that windmill spin punch. He would catch me with that every single time. So I had to take the I had to use the cheat code to get to Mike Tyson because I couldn't get to him naturally by beating Super Macho Man. But fight night in the Lewis household was fantastic because it'd always be the same thing. My dad would send me upstairs to pop him some popcorn. And we had the Orville Redenbacher or the Pop Secret. And I would go pop him some popcorn. And I would bring it down. We would do popcorn. It would be in this, in this, in the old school large Tupperware bowl, which was also used as the cereal bowl on Sunday. So we wanted to have the huge cereal bowl while watching cartoons. And by the time I would pop him some popcorn and get back into the basement of our house. In Reynoldsburg, Ohio, fight would be over. Tyson would have knocked some fool out. Sometimes through the ropes. He's going to get knocked the f*** out. And that was the ebb and flow of my, of my childhood, was watching Mike Tyson annihilate fools. And that became a part of me really liking the sweet science. I watched, I watched all of the, the old Ali and Frazier fights on, on YouTube and stuff. We, we had those on VHS back in the day. And watch the Ali fights. Watch Ali Webner. The the Ali the the thriller in Manila. The Ali Frazier fight. The George Foreman fights. Frazier versus Foreman. I watched Larry Holmes. I studied these guys. Boxing was was one of my first loves in sports. Big fan of Max Kellerman. And 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 rest in peace to Burt Sugar. So I'm really into the sweet science. And I've seen a lot of fighters come. I've seen a lot of fighters go. Tyson Fury is unique to any fighter that I've ever seen because of his size, because of his reach, and because of his will to win. And Tyson Fury is a much better fighter than Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is not a great fighter. It has never been a great fighter. He's a great story. He's a great knockout artist. He does things in the ring that nobody else can do. I mean, he can put you to sleep. With that devastating right. Absolutely crushes people with that right. He's going to get knocked the f*** right. And if he hits Tyson Fury with that right, Tyson Fury can go down. But in the first fight, you saw Tyson Fury take Deontay Wilder's best shot. And he came back to get a draw. Second fight, Tyson Fury dominated him. And he exposed Deontay Wilder for what he really is, which is a, which is a one-punch knockout artist. That works when you're taller than all of your opponents, which Deontay Wilder usually is. We saw that Tyson had trouble fighting taller men. It's always funny. People say, would Tyson in his prime be Ali in his prime? I say, absolutely not. Ali was 6'3". 
had a much longer reach, and was faster than Tyson. There's no way that Tyson would be able to catch him with one of those uppercuts. He's not going to get him in on the ropes. Ali's smart enough to not fight him on the ropes like he fought George Foreman on the ropes. And Ali would run around in circles and float like a butterfly and sting like a bee and buzz around and jab Mike Tyson to death. By the time you got to 7th or 8th round, Mike Tyson would be tired. And Ali would go to work on him. Ali was too smart to get caught by Tyson. He already fought the equivalent of Tyson. His name was Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston was the Mike Tyson of his era. And Muhammad Ali buzzsawed Sonny Liston twice. But Deontay Wilder, in my opinion, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a prognosticator. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a point spread gambler. I'm not usually someone that says, hey, this is the lock of the week. But if you're a gambling man, I would I would take those odds on Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder is a knockout artist, and he's a very entertaining knockout artist with that devastating right hand. But he's not a boxer. And what you're going to find out is that for the for the third time, because arguably I feel that Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder the first time they fought. He got knocked down. So that made up for the the fact that he dominated late in the fight. But I think you're going to find out what happens again. We've seen all the time, you know, we talk about in football, the defense wins championships. Every time you see a great offense go up against a great defense, rather it's the Peyton Manning Broncos versus the Seattle Seahawks. Legion of Boom with Camp Chancellor and Richard Sermon and Earl Thomas. Or is last year when Pat, Pat McGoat, Goes up against Brady, but also goes up against that angry Bucks defense. It's a defensive team usually that wins. Because teams that have good defenses, to get to the Super Bowl, you've got to have a good quarterback or good a, a quarterback that's playing. Unless it's Trent Dilfer, you got to have a quarterback that's playing at a high level. But a team that has a strong defense is a complete team. I think that you're going to see a complete boxer in Tyson Fury against someone that's just a knockout artist or the equivalent to an offensive one-hit wonder in Deontay Wilder. And I think you're going to see the result. Is is I say my prediction, Tyson Fury, round four, KO. He's going to be out of there. Paragon 7 Studios. He's going to get knocked the f- Nice. I ain't snitching on nobody from Harlem, man. I give you a couple cats down in D.C. doing their thing, out of town doing their thing, but um, I'm not snitching on nobody in Harlem because when I come home, I'm still going to be the king. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We begin searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the, the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, 
The produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a full cart fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help Feeding Children Everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you're definitely from uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shouted out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. public service announcement. I talk a whole lot about the business world and, and glean from my experience as an executive, as a healthcare executive. And someone that has decent advice, has mentored people, that, that understands how the game is played, understands that women are underpaid, understands the microaggressions towards African Americans in the workplace. So LinkedIn is a, is a major source for me for inspiration and for business development. But LinkedIn's kind of become a cesspool. I'm I'm really tired of, I can't get on LinkedIn now without seeing somebody pontificating about how Trump was a better president than Joe Biden, which may or may not be true. I'm politically agnostic. I don't really care. But it's all politics. It's all thin blue line. Or, or is somebody talking about their sobriety so they're celebrating 13 years of sobriety and i'm like both both topics have some value but not on linkedin i didn't come to linkedin to see that you were not using the peruvian bam bam the manhattan silver the blue tops the yellow tops the maui wowie the 420 I'm trying to think of other names for, for, for drugs. The pandemic, as they call it on the wire. I didn't come to LinkedIn for that. I'm glad that you're sober, but I didn't come to LinkedIn. This is not, this is not, this is not AA. I don't, and especially people go into these long paragraphs. But I saw somebody having some long soliloquy about how, how they were drunk and, and, you know, they slept in a pool of their own vomit and stuff like that. I don't, I don't need to hear that. I'm logging into Facebook at, at 9.44 in the morning. 
I didn't want I didn't want to hear about how you slept in a pool of your own vomit and feces. That was not the that was not the illustration that I had in mind when I logged into LinkedIn in the morning. And then there's this. I'm about to get another topic. I love it. Well, I hate it, but I'm entertained by people that so you have you have women on there and, and you have people you have people that that go to that go to LinkedIn. And they think it's Instagram. They think it's Facebook. They're trying to slide into DMs. They're trying to connect with some of the the co-eds on on LinkedIn. And I don't mean I don't mean connect to get resume advice or to get mentorship. They trying to get date. They trying to get to the Cheesecake Factory or PF Chang's, or if they're lucky, to bed and breakfast. They're trying to have cocktails, martinis. Or even, or even just some some coronas after after work. But but they're there to they 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 think that that it's it's um, a dating website, and I understand that. Before I was a acclaimed man, it's, it's possibility that I might have slid in someone's DMs myself. That I like what I saw on LinkedIn. But I see this growing number of women going into these rants calling people out, almost tagging people about how they're being sexually harassed on LinkedIn and, and how this is, this is, this is a culture of me too. And it starts on LinkedIn and I'm like, yo, you need to just calm down. Like just because some dude asked you for their number, that's, that, that's not Matt Lauer. Okay. You're not, you're not getting the Harvey Weinstein. Is the difference between someone saying, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn and me and you were in the same field. I think you're kind of cute. I see that we're in the same city. I'd love to meet for drinks at some point. That's inappropriate. And you have a right to, to DM them back and say, this is, this is highly inappropriate behavior. I'm not on LinkedIn to meet guys. But there's a difference between doing that and then tagging the person that, that, that had that interaction with you. This person is not showing you a picture of their genitalia. We got to get to a point. It's not me too for a guy to say, hey, I'm interested in what I see. Would you be interested in going out with me? If the answer is no, then you keep it pushing. That's, that's not a me too movement. That's not Pill Cosby type of behavior. See, I shouldn't be making fun of, of, of Bill Cosby. If Bill Cosby was exonerated. That's wrong. I'm going to change the topic just based on that. Since I'm saying inflammatory things that women aren't going to like, I'm gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna make an admission, and I've ripped this guy on the show repeatedly over the last six months. But I'm actually starting to I'm actually coming over to the Kevin Samuels ministry side just a little bit, not a lot. I still think that he's kind of a dirtbag. I still think that he's a caveman sexist, and I still think that there's a lot of hatred and vitriol for black women within this man. And these are my opinions. These aren't facts because I don't want to get sued. But I must say that Kevin Samuels, one of the things that Kevin Samuels talks about that people need to take more seriously, he holds people accountable for their decisions. And, I, and I, I'm a big fan of that. I think that we've, we've lost sight of that in the United States of America and in the black community. And people that don't, people aren't going to like this next segment, you can find me on Instagram at Paragon 7 Studios. 
and you can cuss me out. But Kevin Samuels does something that, you know, some people call it putting women in their place. I'm not a fan of putting women in their place. I don't believe that women need to be put in their place. I don't believe that women should wake up in the morning because this is what Kevin Samuels seems to believe. I don't believe that women should wake up in the morning with the thought of what can I do to get a man? What can I do to keep a man? I don't think that women exist solely to make men happy, to have babies, to do what they're told, to cook, to clean. I don't believe in that. Now, I guess those are some old school beliefs. A lot of people subscribe to those beliefs. That's not really Lance J's take on it. I think there's a modernized society. Men are not doing what they're supposed to do. I talk all the time when I, when I mention Kevin Samuels. We talk about him once every few months. I know a lot of guys that support Kevin Samuels in his ministry that are broke. They don't do nothing but smoke weed on the couch all day. Then they want to tell women that they should subscribe and be under them and do what they're told and that a woman's place is in the home. You can't really have it both ways. If you're a man and you're a provider, you're out there hustling. It's not about how much money you make. I don't think you need to make a lot of money to be a high value man. You're a high value man. You're getting up every day. You're working. You're doing what you're having to do. You're doing your best to put food on the table. You're a provider. You're a protector. If there are kids involved, your kids don't go hungry. If you have to work a double shift, a triple shift, if you got to work all night at 7-Eleven to keep your kids from going hungry, to me, that's what a real man does. It's not about making six figures. I've been making six figures for a long time. I definitely was not a real adult priest of the home, had it together when I first started making six figures. I still don't have it all together, but I have more of an understanding of how to manage my money, how to manage people emotionally, how to be there, how to be faithful, how to be intelligent, how to be emotionally available. Emotional intelligence, so valuable. I talk about so valuable. I talk about it all the time from a business perspective. But you got to have some emotional intelligence to be an ideal mate and an ideal parent. One of the things Kevin Samuels does that I have to respect him for, and I don't like I said, I don't like everything that he's about. I don't like the ratchet women with weaves and fake eyelashes that he seems to enjoy talking to that are that are a black stereotype. That remind you of Real Housewives of, of insert whatever city, Orange County. Real Housewives of New York City. Real, house, Real Housewives of Miami. But he holds women accountable for their decisions. We have to start holding each other. Women, men, transgender, I don't care who you are. You make bad decisions. I, I know a lot of people. A lot of women in this case, they made bad decisions, dated the wrong guy because he was really good looking. Let someone cheat on you. Had a baby with that person. Made bad decisions, lived in lived in a shallow bubble. And then when things went left, you want to blame somebody else for your decisions. But you're the one that made those decisions. Nobody forced you into decisions. We're not, and I'm not talking about people that have been abused, the people that grew up in a Tyler Perry movie scenario, because I'm not talking about that. Obviously, people that have been abused need significant therapy. They made different choices for different reasons. But I'm talking about people that willingly had opportunities, had opportunities to go to school, had opportunities to marry good guys, had opportunities to have the world be their oyster, and they chose to make dumb decisions and they chose 
to be in the wrong crowd. And now you're in a situation where, and I'm not one of those people that believes because you have children or you're a little older, it's your less value. I don't believe that at all. But now you're in a situation where you're facing the consequences of your decisions. And you want to shift risk. I talk all the time in healthcare about shifting of risk management, risk adjustment. You want to you want to shift risk to some guy that didn't make those choices that you made and you want him to be responsible for your bad choices. And I think that that's fair. I think that his I don't think that it's that's funny when he makes fun of people and and say that Hey, if you weigh more than 120 pounds, that you're worthless. I don't believe in that either. But it is very unrealistic for someone that has four kids that's 300 pounds to say that they want a guy that's 6'7", has a washboard stomach, and is a millionaire. That's not realistic. And Kevin Samuels points that out. We have this old moniker that, that, that nobody can be criticized. That If you criticize a black woman... That you must be a racist, you must be a sexist, you must hate black women, you must have some repressed anger towards black women because somebody did you wrong back in the day. You're still angry about that. Everybody's not a queen. There are a lot of real ratchet women out here. Just like there are a lot of loser men that don't take care of business like they're supposed to. They sit on the couch, they smoke weed, and they live off their women. Or they live off their parents. Or they pretend to be something they're not on the gram. But these women are not above reproach. There are people that have made bad decisions in their life, in their 20s, and they're suffering for it because they're in their 30s. And although I don't like Kevin Samuels' methods, everybody must be held accountable for the decisions that they make. And you're going to live and you're going to die by your decisions. Kevin Samuels points that out perhaps better than anybody else that's in media right now. Lance J. Show. You are listening to the Lance J. Radio Network. AEP annual enrollment programs are launching in just a few months, and this is the perfect time to shop for the best insurance options for you and your loved ones. Learn more about individual and group insurance benefits with Engage It Health. Their diverse portfolio includes accident expense, specified disease plans, life insurance, and PPO plans. Engage It Health's licensed benefit advisors are just a phone call away to bring you optimal service in selecting affordable and unique benefit packages that meet your health care needs. Call Engage in Health today at 832-219-5829. That's 832-219-5829. And tell them that Lance J sent you. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Detective Lee found herself inside a suspect's home in Burbank, and found a gigantic slide, the department said, adding that the covered car parts were also found. It goes on to say that the Pasco Police Department posted a photo showing a grinning Lee sitting atop of the slide in the child's bedroom with the caption, Detective Lee strikes a pose with the recovered slide. 
All I want to know is using my um, my David Crusoe voices. Well, Rampage, I wonder if the judge is going to let the perpetrator slide. You're listening to the Lions J Radio Network.